The Education Channel supports individual educational goals and encourages creativity for all. Visit uctv.tv slash education. My name is Mario Garibay. I'm the Assistant Dean of Student Affairs for Muir College at UC San Diego, which is, so Muir College is one of the seven undergraduate colleges here at UC San Diego. Um, And in my role in Student Affairs, so each college has its own Student Affairs unit. Um, And in my specific role, I help support students who may be in distress. Um, I'll meet students through the student conduct process, um, as well as through leadership opportunities, whether in student organizations, as a student intern, um, or I also facilitate leadership programs. So it's a little bit of the extra co-curricular activities that take place outside of the classroom in which I help support students through that process. So in terms of my childhood, I grew up in La Puente, California, which is a small suburb outside of in Los Angeles County. Um, I would describe it most as like a working class, middle class type of environment um, in terms of the population, predominantly Latinx um, in terms of the pop, like the community there. Um, yeah. And so that's a little bit about, you know, the place I grew up in. Um, in terms of my family structure, so I had my dad worked at a steel factory there in, um, in there near La Puente, and then also then my mom went back to school as well as went back to work um, when I was a kid, and so she started off as like an instructional aide um, for kindergarten, and then continued being a kindergarten teacher later on. Um, and so in terms of my childhood, so also into additional context, I have three older siblings who are a little bit older than I am. So 13, 12, 11 years older than I am. Um, and because I think because of the combination of my mom going back to school, plus my siblings being older and like thinking about college and stuff, college and education has always kind of been embedded in terms of my upbringing and my childhood. I remember even like as a little kid, so since my mom was um, teaching a class, like I would also pretend like I had a class of students as well. And so the combination of us would like be teaching classes and share stories about our rosters and how our students are doing. Um, and so I always like, and I never thought I would be a teacher or anything like that, but it was always like in the back of my head, I would, uh, the education was just always like a, a given. And so because it was a working class, middle class, you know, obviously it did take a lot of resiliency and a lot of work to get to, you know, thinking about like college and, you know, being able to go on to higher education. Um, But it was always something that was kind of like a given at the same time, because my mom really embedded in us, like the importance of, you know, getting an education and making sure that you do something, you know, beyond La Puente. And so that was something that was always a part of me. Um, And so, yeah, so she continued to do that in terms of really instilling that educational piece of it as well. I think because she went back to school and back to work around the same time, there was a shift in the dynamics of the family um, where there was just like this blend of like progressive ideals that she was picking up in education, plus, you know, more cultural um, values and traditions that we had growing up. And just kind of like that, I would really say, um, really helped shape my upbringing. It was sort of implied that I would go on to college um, just based on like my mom really stressing that growing up. And, you know, in college, they started having, or excuse me, in high school, they started talking to us about what our college expectations are and, you know, thinking about different schools. Um, I was actually really shy in high school. Um, and so there's always a little part of me that's introverted. And so I was trying to find a smaller campus. And so I applied to a number of different private institutions just because I didn't want to do 
a kind of a large institution, similar to like um, UCLA, for instance, and nothing bad about UCLA, but uh, my brother went there. And I think that's part of the influence as well, is that my siblings also were in college around the time that I was, or had gone to college when I was like thinking about college myself. And so I saw based on their experiences, what they enjoyed or didn't enjoy about their experiences. And so that's why I was leaning towards doing like a smaller private institution, um, which is, you know, how I ended up at University of San Diego here in San Diego, Um, small private school. Uh, I went on campus for a campus tour. Um, At that time, my brother worked for admissions in University of Redlands, and he would always get to know the admissions folks in University of San Diego because alphabetically they were always, always like next to each other. And so he was like, try USD. Step foot on campus, and I just felt like I belonged there. Like I just felt like, and something about the the feeling, the mood of the campus. I was just like, oh, this is something I can see myself at. Um, and so, and my mom encouraged, you know, me as well. I got a really good scholarship to go there, and so that's how, you know, when it came to make a decision about it, um, I decided to go there. Um, the other benefits of it is that it was like close enough to family um, where if I needed to drive up, I could, but not too close to family that if they just needed to come visit me, you know, there was that li- a little bit of distance. So it was a happy medium. Um, and I just kind of felt at place there. In terms of me starting at University of San Diego, um, although I had a really good experience just visiting the campus, um, I had a challenging experience because so you, University of San Diego uh, is predominantly white, uh, pretty affluent university. And so in terms of my sense of belonging, it was, even though I felt like good about my decision to go there, it was still challenging trying to find my place in the community um, early on. Um, at that time, my brother had transitioned to a new position there at the Multicultural Center. And I, I and one day I like set up a lunch to go visit him. Um, I didn't really know much about the Multicultural Center, but he was running late from a meeting. And in that time, I was able to connect and meet with other students at, you know, who were at the Multicultural Center. And I don't know if it was intentional that he like was late, um, but it was helpful because it was allowed me the opportunity to connect with other students. And I was like, oh, I can see myself hanging out here and getting involved. And then that springboarded to other things and finding um, my place on campus. And so I ended up getting really involved at the University of San Diego. I, you know, I became part of student government. I joined other student organizations. I became part of the orientation team. Um, I really immersed myself in like the leadership and opportunities that they had at USD. And so once that happened, then, you know, I continued to get more and more involved. And then I had an advisor in my student government who was like, oh, like, you know, you can get a degree for this, right? Like you can get a master's in, you know, leadership or higher education or student affairs and continue this type of work. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, of course. Like, of course you have like another degree in in terms of this type of work. And, And so he, you know, at that time I was, you know, torn between if I want to do a master's, if I want to go work. And, you know, he just informed me about this, this field of student affairs. And like, I was always involved in student affairs, but never thought of it as like something I can work in, you know? And I was like, of course, like you have a job in student affairs, like why wouldn't I be able to work in student affairs too? Um, And I think that then I, you know, and I also really enjoyed my experience at USD. So I wanted to continue there as well. Um, and so this was like, a, again, one of those things around it just being a really good fit where I was like, okay, well, I want to continue doing this. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing in my leadership, you know, in my leadership roles, like potentially I can do this, you know, in terms of helping support other students and their experiences. Because for me, it was about 
you know, not just because like, I wanted to continue and pursue this, but also there was a part of me that's also like, I can then help foster that type of environment for newer students coming through. So, you know, for that other Mario who comes through, who doesn't feel like they belong at the university, like I then can be like my advisors or other staff who helped, you know, create that community, foster that space for them as well. And so there was that part of like giving back um, to others like me. And so I think that was a part of it as well as wanting to continue to pursue it. Um, And then it was just, it worked out that USD also had a program there. So I was able to continue to be part of the USD community. So graduate school was daunting at first. Like it was very different than undergrad. And so I, part of me at some point, and I, maybe it's just that imposter syndrome or when you start off in a new program or something, I was like, maybe I'm not ready for this. Cause like me, you know, here I am, I was just like involved in student government. I'm like, yeah, I want to continue. I want to do this. And then I had a really challenging first semester in terms of academics. And I'm just like, oh, this is different. Like this is high level theory. Um, also like the, the, one of the classes I had was like a group dynamics class. And it was really intense for someone who was like new and right out of undergrad with, you know, in the same class with doctoral students who have been doing this type of work for a long time. And so, but part of it is like, again, I think there's other individuals who are like, it's okay. Like you belong here. Right. And so I think that like I, that continues even beyond like my undergrad where I was like, I had individuals and advisors and other staff people are like, it's, you know, the first quarter is always going to, or the first semester is always going to be challenging. Um, and there's people here to support you. And, you know, you got into the program on your own merit. It's not like you were just like given this. And I think it was really important to hear things like that in terms of that motivation. Um, and then in terms of kind of like always going back to the idea that in the long run, like that I'm doing this for a reason, right? Like it's not just, on a whim, like it's a very expensive whim. It's a very time intensive whim for me to just be like, oh, I'm just going to do a master's program. But it was something that like always in the back of my head knew that at some point I wanted to be in a role where I help others. And that that was going to be my motivation to get through the program. Um, so I think the combination of the, that support that I got and then that motivation, you know, keeping, you know, essentially my eye on the prize in terms of, I want to give back. I want to give back in the community. I want to, you know, help foster that sense of belonging for other students. And in order for me to do it, I have to be able to continue through this program and, and, and it got me through it and there, yeah. And now here I am. Around the same time, my mom had just, I don't know, she had completed another certificate program. She had completed her master's program at some point. I think that totally aligns with, I think just in general, my family was always about education. My mom, especially like really stressing like the importance of education and getting that, you know, continuing pursuing that. So for her, because she had the master's program, because my brother had already gone through a master's program as well, it didn't seem as unrealistic in terms of like nobody in my family didn't, like there was somebody, other people in my family who were able to do it. And so I think that was always helpful to have. I think my mom secretly wanted me back home because, you know, you know, she was hoping that maybe after undergrad, I would come back to Los Angeles. Um, but I mean, she was fully supportive of it. And I think, again, I think because she valued education so much, it's, I think, what really reminded her, like, it wasn't, it was never a thing where it's like, it was competing with the family or anything, you know, it was always like, this is just part of the process. And 
she was there to support me every step of the way. My dad didn't quite understand my program. So that was a little bit different. He didn't understand my program, number one. He didn't understand why I was going back for a master's. But that's just because he didn't grow up with that, right? So I think he, so he, his formal education went up to about the third or fourth grade. Um, So that's all he really knew. And I think he tried to do high school here when he immigrated to the United States, but it wasn't, it wasn't the same. And it wasn't something that like, was aligned with what he wanted to do. So he ended up just working and dropping out of high school when he came here to the US. And so he, I think it was harder for him to understand what I was doing or why I was doing it. Um, but I w- but I think he still understood the importance of it and why it was important and was still very much like supportive and proud of me um, throughout the process. But yeah, so I would say that it, 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 it varied, but I think because again, I think other folks had gone through the program in their own respective fields that they understood you know, what it was for me and why it was important for me. So I just recently graduated from program um, in 2020. I was supposed to walk in 2020, but wasn't able to walk until 2022. but yeah, so I did the program. It was around the time that I was transitioning down to San Diego. Um, and I was looking at doctorate programs. Around that time, I was doing various job searches. And I realized in order to be more competitive, um, you know, doctorate was on the table and something I had to take into consideration. Um, and, you know, similar to like my grad program in terms of, you know, making sure that I'm motivated, making sure that, you know, it's something that I really invested in it had me I had to like explore different options and and whatnot and one of the ones that I was already looking at when I was at UC Irvine was the UC San Diego San Marcos one um, primarily because it was a good uh, it really emphasized you know aside from equity and just social justice it also emphasized you know praxis and being able to apply what you learned in the classroom in the real world um, and so that was something that like intrigued me because obviously that aligns with you know what my own style is in general when it comes to my education. And so, and also like, I like learning and I like growing. Um, And so, and, and around the same time, my, my mom had passed away and she was looking at various doctorate programs in K-12. So continuing it. And so there's like this, like sentimental part of me, this like personal side where I was like, so my mom wasn't able to complete the program or even get to in a program. And so for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this for her. You know, like she always emphasized education was really important. She always emphasized like continue to pursue, you know, and continue to do more. Like, I think I get my overachiever status from her, you know? And I think when she passed away, it was, there was like this certain like calling in me. I was like, I need to do this and I need it for her. And, and so, you know, I happened upon the program. I came down to San Diego around the same time. It just worked out with the timing wise um, that I was able to continue, you know, that I was able to be down here in San Diego while being in the program. And so, yeah. And then that's how, so then I applied and I got in and, you know, and I have no regrets about the program. I actually really enjoyed the program program here. Because uh, um, again, it really did emphasize that element of, okay, making sure that you combine what you're learning in the classroom with what's happening in the real world. So at the time I was working in Warren College, a good example of that is I was working with transfer students in that role. And so being able to talk about transfer students in my program and, you know, do a project around research around transfer students, combining that and then maybe doing some applicability in terms of my, or some application in terms of um, the work that I was doing there in Warren College and combining that, you know, and so, yeah, so I think that that's sort of how I hopped into that. I, it was, again, same as with my master's program, felt very daunting at first. You know, I was just like not ready for the amount of reading <laughs> in that first quarter. Um, but I'm so glad that I did it. And again, uh, in terms of looking at the different programs um, 
and both here, I was looking up in Orange County as well here in San Diego. It was a good fit because again, it was just, they staggered the program out over three and a half years. So the assumption that you come in with your master's already um, and they staggered the program. So it's a way that as long as you, you know, know, you kind of know what you want to do at the beginning, you can kind of use the coursework throughout the three and a half years um, to be able to work towards what your dissertation is going to ultimately end up being. Um, it was also, I think the people and the staff and the faculty there just really understood that we were all full-time working professionals. And so, you know, there's just this like sense of empathy and, you know, they, they were like, okay, we'll work with you as well in terms of kind of getting through this program. Um, and I think also just you know, I, in general, I think it was in terms of affordability, it was the best value for how much, you know, the, uh, the degree costs. Like, I think it was realistic given I was doing a lot of research and some programs are super expensive and I couldn't do it full time to get it paid for. So it was just a good balance of all different things. And, um, it was a good fit. And also because I had both my undergrad and master's degrees from USD, I was looking to diversify my third degree as well. So it all aligned again. Was, was, I don't know if this is a theme that's coming through and different things, but uh, it's just sort of aligned for me as well in terms of, you know, a, a good fit for me. So after that, I decided <laughs> I, I wanted to try something different. Um, and so I went to work for a few years in Colorado. Um, I did residential life and housing out there. Uh, and so I worked a few years out there, um, really enjoyed the experience, realized that I am meant to be back in California. So I came right back and then I continued working in higher ed and student affairs and res life specifically here at um, Loyal Marymount in Los Angeles. Um, after a few years, or excuse me, after a year and some change at Loyal Marymount, I um, decided to transition to student conduct. Um, and so I worked a few years at UC Irvine in the office of student conduct there. Um, and around that time, I met who would be my wife um, when I was in Loyal Marymount and continued to date her through UC Irvine. And so we individually both wanted to come back to San Diego. Her family's down here. I fell in love with San Diego when I went here as an undergrad. And so we individually wanted to make our transition back to San Diego. Um, and I was open to, you know, different positions. She wanted to stay in res life. And so I happened across the position when I worked at Warren College at UC San Diego um, in student activities. And I was like, this is like a good fit. Um, I enjoyed that idea of like the college system because I had learned about it and I heard about it. And I didn't really know about it as an undergrad. Had I been an undergrad, and done better research about some of the public schools, I may have come actually to UC San Diego because it has the college system, which makes it feel more intimate in a larger campus and larger university, which I wanted like a small intimate space, like a private institution, which tend to be smaller. And I just didn't know about it. Right. And so, you know, once I, and I, but I started meeting people at UC San Diego through my role in student conduct. And I was like, oh, tell me more about this college system. It sounds like, you know, really interesting and somewhat unique. I know Santa Cruz has it too, but, you know, I was really interested in it. And so at that point, I, you know, I was like, yeah, I want to head down to UC San Diego. It's the type of population of students that I want to work with. It has the benefits of a larger institution, but also that tight-knit, smaller community that you get out of private school. And, you know, it was a really good fit. So then I made my transition down here to UC San Diego in that role. Um, I was at Warren College for about 
five or so years. And then um, right before the pandemic, I got this position as the assistant dean over at Muir College. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of my career trajectory. So I have different responsibilities as the assistant dean. Um, a part of it is doing outreach to and um, programming for underrepresented populations. So that's like first gen transfer underrepresented minority populations. Um, so I work with them and do some series of programs for those individuals. Um, in my role, I also do leadership programs. And one of the biggest things in my role in charge of that program is that really making sure that everyone sees themselves as potential leaders and having the capacity to be leaders. And so I frame it, a you know, workshop series around being able to really tap into people's um, leadership opportunities or abilities. Um, I also do support students through like, if they're, you know, if they're students concerned or if they just need additional support, I can work with them to find you know, the best resources on campus if, or if that's just someone or if it's just someone to talk to, I provide them that opportunity. Um, and then also adjudicate cases related to student misconduct. So I do meet with students through that process too. Um, and I really do enjoy student conduct primarily because it's educational in nature. And so it's about learning from mistakes, learning about the impact on the community and how we could move forward to make better decisions in the future. So um, it's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of everything. Um, but yeah, and I work with specifically Muir College, which is, uh, you know, one seventh of the population of the undergraduate students. So interacting with them in various ways. I also supervise our student activities person who hosts um, a number of different programs, social, cultural and educational programming, as well as our new student orientation person as well. So, you know, the, at the beginning of the year, we have an orientation program for all incoming students. And so that's a great way to connect with and engage with students right off the bat so that they have that sense of belonging right away. When you think about the student experience, I do think of it holistically. And I think part of it is, you know, thinking back to my experience as an undergraduate too, I think a lot of my learning was in the classroom through my ethnic studies and sociology classes. But really, when I think about the application of that, what I've been learning in the classroom also applied to the outside of the classroom. And then also most of my learning, I think, came out of that. Like, I went from this really shy, timid person when I was my first year to someone who's a little bit more outgoing, who's a little bit more interpersonal and connecting with other people. And I think it's because I had these opportunities outside of the classroom as well. I learned more about myself as what it meant to be a Latinx person. Because growing up around other Latinx folks, it's sort of implied and you don't really explore your identity. But when I was taken away from my neighborhood in terms of going to college, really exploring my own personal identities as someone who's Latinx, but also someone who's man. And what does it mean to be straight? And what, you know, all those different types of things. Um, and that's not, and that's some stuff that you do learn in the classroom, but you really do learn it outside of the classroom too. And just like those leadership skills that you don't, or like the social skills um, that you get outside of the classroom, you know, as part of it as well. And I think part of it is we are when I look at students that I work with, they're whole students. They're not just student. They're not just people who go to class. They're also people who live in our halls. They're also people who go to our events and making sure that their overall experience is well-rounded so that they are learning outside of the classroom. So they are getting that support. They are getting that sense of community because in order for them to fully thrive, their whole person has to thrive and not just one segment of their, of their experience, but as a whole, making sure that they're fully successful. And in order to do that, that does require a lot of stuff outside of the class as well. My kind of the stuff that I'm working on is really that serving component of it, of an HSI. I think oftentimes 
when folks think of an HSI, it's just about getting our numbers of Latinx identified folks up. But for me and my role, both in the college as well as with the Heritage Months and with CLSA, the Latinx, Latinx Staff Association, it's about that retention piece, that serving piece. How do we make sure that once we get the students here on campus, that they're also really successful and thriving and not leaving the institution. Like once we get them here, it's like, we can't just let them loose. We wanna make sure that this is a community where they belong as well. And so um, in terms of the heritage months, that's been really helpful. So I did um, my dissertation on the retention and advancement of Latinx student affairs professionals, um, but a lot of it applies to students as well. In terms of kind of uh, some of the cultural values and things that will help with retention, one of the things is being able to be recognized on the community and celebrated in some context, you know, some way as well. So I think for my role in the Heritage Month, I think one of the biggest things is that it allows our identity as Chicanx and Latinx folks to be seen on campus and to be celebrated and recognized and validated. So I think that's part of that experience um, through the Heritage Month stuff. Um, in terms of CLSA, you know, again, one of the things that I found in my research is that in order to help support and foster the success of our students, our staff also needs to be supported. Um, and, you know, the, there, there needs to be a focus also on like, how do we make sure that our staff are thriving? Because we talk a lot about mentorship and we talk a lot about supporting our students, but if there isn't staff to help support them or help mentor them, then it's going to be challenging. So I think that's where the, the CLSA stuff comes through. Um, one of the biggest things also, again, in my research and just anecdotally is that you see, uh, if students see themselves within faculty and staff as well, then they, you know, again, then they aspire to those things. Like, I had a, you know, I fortunately had a mom and brothers and sister who went through college and I was able to see myself in that because they had that experience. And so it's important for students now to see themselves in the staff and, you know, and represented in that way as well so that they can see themselves there. And then also they can see themselves as part of the community too. Um, and then specifically one of the programs that we do through CLSA is a mentorship program. Um, because again, there's, a, you can have multiple mentors like myself. I have you know, various mentors of various identities, but also one of the important things to have a mentor who has a similar cultural identity as you to help in terms of your retention. Cause there's just being Latinx, there's certain like cultural nuances that is help, like it's helpful that somebody knows what you're going through. They just like get it. And so it's helpful for that, for our mentorship program, because it's like not only people who are here at the institution can help us connect to resources. Cause there's a lot of staff who can do that. But something about having someone who's Latinx identified in that way as well could help you navigate maybe the what they call like the hidden curriculum or just, you know, things that you may not necessarily know from a perspective as a Latinx person. And so I think that's part of it as well as being able to mentor and pair undergraduate students with, um, you know, Latinx identified staff as well to create that that partnership, that mentorship and help students navigate UC San Diego. I think two of the values here in Mir College and at UC San Diego in general um, are EDI or JEDI. Um, so, you know, social justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion is like an important value as well as student-centeredness. And I think because we recognize that our work has to be adaptive to the experiences of our students and their diverse identities, then it allows us to be like, okay, what are best practices? What are you learning? What are you hearing about this? 
because the student population will continue to grow and change and the way that they need support, the way that they navigate college and universities and higher ed in general will change and evolve over time. I mean, I think the experiences of our students these days are influenced by things that are happening at the national level and, you know, and or at the global level, like realistically. Um, and I think part of that is because we always are thinking about the students in terms of the work that we do. Our, it's a matter of like not having students necessarily adapt to the university, but having the university adapt to our students. And so it's like, what are the services and programs we're offering to best meet the needs of the students that are coming through? And I think also because of our focus around equity is being able to see that students will experience college in different ways. And so I think it's about really questioning sort of like what we've done, how we've done it, you know, is that the best way that we're meeting all our students? And specifically, is that the best way that we're meeting the needs of our Latinx students, our Black students, our, you know, our API identified students? Um, and so being able to adapt what we've normally done over the past number of years um, to be able to, again, really focus and hone in, like, why are we here? We're here for the students. And so, you know, that allows for flexibility and creativity to kind of just go away from what's been tradition to things that are really intentional and things that are really focused on our, you know, the, the current student needs. In terms of the impact that I really want students to walk away with is that they all walk away with a sense of home, whatever that means for them, and that, you know, they know that they belong and that they, you know, I think, yes, there's, I would love to host really great programs. I would love to really, like, redesign all the policies and procedures on campus so it's student-centered, but at the end of the day, all this will matter more if that person, if that one student who felt like they were going to transfer out of our institution decided to stay, you know, and I think really providing that community, really finding that sense of belonging is important for me to provide to students, so even if they don't come to any of my programs, as long as they feel like UC San Diego is their home, like that's my hope at the end of the day, so you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to measure that impact, but my hope is that people feel like this is their home.